0: It was the transfer portal that made USC great again. You are locked on Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Fight on, everyone! I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate your support. If you haven't become a subscriber yet, I'm not going to ask you why. Just do it. It's really easy. You just hit that red subscribe button if you're on YouTube. You hit that thumbs up, and both of those will mean a whole heck of a lot for the show. And Locked on USC comes at you five times a week, Monday through Friday, even during the off-season. Hit that bell notification button, and you will not miss one single episode. This episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on to get started. It wasn't just the transfer portal that made USC great again. Lincoln Riley probably deserves a little bit of a courtesy golf clap. Um, but if we're being completely honest, and we are on the show, It's just who I am. Without the transfer portal or a waiver from the NCAA, Caleb Williams and his super buddies who came to USC last year helped USC gain 11 regular season wins. Um, They don't come to USC from those places if they have to sit out a year. just doesn't happen. That's the way it used to be. If a player wanted to transfer, unless the NCA granted them a waiver, then sitting out a year was mandatory. Imagine USC last season having to wait for Caleb Williams. Scary proposition. Now the players, they hold all the cards. In fact, I'm just gonna give you one one testimonial here. According to Missouri uh, football head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, he says, college players through NIL are making more money than his brother-in-law, who was a pediatrician. Quote, he saves lives. Now, a little bit of hyperbole there, but a lot of truth there. First of all, there's only a handful of players in college who are making more than a pediatrician makes in a year. Caleb Williams was probably one of them. But again, we're talking about a handful of players, so let's keep that context in that. In you know, keep everything within context. Uh, with that said, though, uh, the transfer portal has turned college football into a free agency market. There's no other way to say it, to describe it, because literally, once that waiver rule was removed, if you have a coach that players want to play for such as Lincoln Riley, then you get to reap what USC is selling right now. I mean, there's a reason why so many players are coming to USC through the transfer portal. NIL has a little bit to do with it. Lincoln Riley has more to do with it. On yesterday's episode, I talked about the 22 freshman newcomers and what we should anticipate or ex- expect, finger quotes, Uh, from each of those players. As I mentioned, some are going to be significant contributors. Others are going to use their redshirt year. Some disagree with who I put in that redshirt squad. That's okay. I want that type of feedback. Tells me you're listening. However, let's talk about the transfers that came over, not the freshmen. We're going to talk about the 14 guys who came to USC in 2023 through the transfer portal, Uh, 14 of them. And they left places like Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Arizona, Oklahoma State, Purdue. And because each one of those guys that came to USC from where they were, um, each one of them, they were expected or they anticipated to be big time contributors at at those old schools. So I'm gonna start with the guys on defense first. Anthony Lucas. If we let the coaches and his teammates at USC convince convince us long enough, you've you've heard some of the quotes I've given them to you. USC has another Leonard Big Cat Williams type of player waiting to burst out on the scene. Now, Lucas was great during spring practice when nobody was able to watch from the media, but you know, for all of you who watched the spring game myself included, Um, he had a less than impressive game. Again, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater as far as Lucas is concerned, Um, but he is considered a game changer coming off the edge. So that's what we should anticipate. He will be on the field when USC kicks off against San Jose State. He will probably be starting. Christian Roland Wallace, the cornerback from Arizona, He's got a battle on his hands uh, because that room is, it's talented. And with that said, he's gonna end up in the two deep, uh, and potentially a starter as well. I mean, you don't leave a starter role at Arizona to come to USC if you're gonna sit on the bench. He's gonna be part of the two deep. Whether he gets into a starter role or not, he will play significant minutes. Jamil Muhammad. This is an intriguing transfer for me. Uh, If you're not aware, he was a quarterback out of high school when he uh, arrived at Vanderbilt, which means he's like uber intelligent. Vanderbilt's the Stanford of the SEC. Um, Vanderbilt is literally an Ivy League school in Tennessee. You have to be incredibly smart to get in there. Um, But he left Vanderbilt, transferred to Georgia State, and moved to linebacker. He's looking to become USC's edge rusher. That's what he came here to be. Here's the thing I like about Jamil. I love guys who know how to read an offense. He was a quarterback. He'll be able to read a defense. He'll be able to read an offense. Can he transition from Georgia State to USC? That's the question. Mason Cobb. Look, unless something prevents him from playing at USC, Mason is going to be the starting Mike, the starting middle linebacker. Uh, he didn't leave his starting job at Oklahoma State in Stillwater to sit behind a freshman or any of the guys that were already at USC and I'm not trying I'm not knocking the guys who were still at USC but Mason Cobb was Oklahoma State's leading tackler which means he is USC's leading tackler the day he arrived. Jack Sullivan Defensive lineman from Purdue. Look, I'm not sure if he's going to be a starter, but he's going to be a part of the two deep. He can play defensive end. He can play defensive tackle. And he's what I like to describe as farmer strong. Uh, if you know what I mean, he, he, he's not going to look like somebody who walked out of the weight room, who's just constantly working out with weights. But he's the type of guy who, if you work on a farm, he's going to get the job done. And he just keeps going and going and going. You know, those are the type of guys that start at the crack of dawn and they don't leave work until sunset. That's who Jack Sullivan is. Keon Bars. Nose tackle, defensive tackle. He came over to USC from Arizona. Look, if he could pick up Alex Grinch's scheme quicker than he tried to pick up the new scheme that he was trying to learn last season at Arizona... Uh, then Bars is going to look like his former all-Pac-12 player that he was back in 2021. He's going to play significant minutes, whether he's a starter, second team, it doesn't matter. Keon's going to be playing. Bear Alexander, uh, look, everyone who's watching, listening, I'd like to introduce you to your new starting defensive tackle. End of story. Bear is bringing a winning culture with him from a program that knows how to play defense, Georgia. And I anticipate Bear is going to have a similar impact uh, the same way that Shane Lee and Eric Gentry had when they came and when they arrived at USC. These are no, these are types of guys that you get in line and you follow behind. You do what they do or you're not going to be playing. Uh, the last is the defensive players, Quan Figgins. USC needed defensive players. Everyone knows that. And they they went to one of the better programs uh, known for eyeballing talent. USC needs to get its uh, nickel, nickel backspot position figured out. I think Traequan could be the solution. <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Quickly, on offense, running back Marshawn lloyd He's looking to step into Travis Dye's shoes. Uh, Lloyd is a better athlete than Dye. Uh, So if he can bring the same competitive attitude that Travis brought, um, that wouldn't suck. Marshawn Lloyd is going to be running back 1A or 1B. He and Austin Jones are going to be the lead guys. Michael Tarquin, offensive tackle. Uh, He's considered USC's starting left tackle in 2023, at least coming out of spring camp. Now, whether he stays at left tackle or he moves to right tackle, not the point. He's playing somewhere on USC's offensive line this year, and he'll be starting when San Jose State arrives. Dorian Singer, wide receiver. He's the guy in that wide receiver room right now that is trying to remind everyone of why he was first team all-conference last year. He's going to play a lot. USC got a really good veteran wide receiver uh, to show these young guys, hey, this is how you do it. Offensive lineman, Jarrett Kingston. He was a starting left tackle for the Washington State Cougars. Left tackle. Right now, he is USC's starting left guard. That's all he played during spring camp. Uh, That's where Josh Henson likes him, and that's where most uh, project him to play in the NFL. And much like Michael Tarquin, once they settle on his spot, uh, he's going to be a starter. How about Emmanuel Pregnan, the incredibly large interior offensive lineman that transferred over from Wyoming? If he can lock down that right guard spot, that means Jonah Monheim is your starting right tackle. Again, if it were me, this is just me, I'm going to put Michael Tarquin at his not natural right tackle position. That's where he played at Florida, and I'm putting Jonah at Caleb's blind side. How you like that? Let me tell you why. What if I told you that I've heard that Monheim got a lot, and I mean a lot of looks at left tackle this spring? Just throwing it out there. I'm not gonna bet on anything right now. However, you should probably head over to FanDuel. It's a good time. It's the time to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. The finals are here. It's Miami versus Denver. Um, I got Denver. I'm a big fan of Jokic, Joker. Because right now, new customers, you're gonna get a no sweat first bet and up to $2,500. Let me repeat that. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. What else makes FanDuel pretty cool? Well, they have great promotions every day. Just told you about one. They have a really safe and super secure app. It's easy to use. Plus, this is probably the best part, you get paid instantly. So there is no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit fanduel.com slash forward forward slash locked on and you're going to get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com forward slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, should, let me ask this question. This is kind of rhetorical, but you, give me some answers because I'm just going to go off once I read this off. Should Lincoln Riley adjust the offense to help out the defense? Most people who follow the game and have a general knowledge agree, are going to agree. USC's offense is going to score a lot of points, um, especially if you got Caleb Williams playing quarterback and Lincoln Riley calling the shots. Last year, USC scored just under 42 points a game, 41.9. This year, they're anticipated to score more than that. So, some type, but some try and translate that in that you know USC is going to score too fast, and that the defense isn't going to have enough time, you know, the necessary time to, to get their rest while they're watching USC's offense go up and down the field. I disagree, and in fact, I say absolutely not. No, do not. Change a thing. No adjustments necessary. This is all the defense needs to do to keep up with USC's offense. Just stay healthy. I mean, at least for now, with more guys arriving via the transfer portal and with recruiting, there's enough depth to absorb a loss, a particular loss at a position. That wasn't the case last season. All I got to do is, what happened when Eric Gentry went down? The Trojans had, Let me here, let me put it to you this way. Last season, USC had a lot of scoring drives that took 10 or more plays. Um, and when you think about, you know, scoring drives that take 10, 11, 12, 13, 4 plays to, matric- to kind of matriculate down the field. I pulled out a Hank Stram poke there. Um, the issue isn't how fast the Trojans score. They just need to score when they have the ball. In other words, they can't have any three and outs. They had, there was a few games last year where the offense kind of just went in the crapper. All of a sudden, they couldn't figure it out. That's, that's college football, though. That's what you get when you're dealing with teenagers. Sometimes when things don't go right, they put their heads down. Anyways, getting back to the point here. Last year, when um, when Eric Gentry or Shane Lee, when those guys went down, you know, Raylan Goforth and Tuasibi Nomura and Rayjean Davis, those were your backups at linebacker. Well, Rayjean didn't get a chance until the end of the season. And when he finally got his chance, he proved he was capable. Goforth right now, he's a washington husky to a cv he's a fresno state bulldog i wish those guys all all the success in the world big fan of both of them first of all Raylan goforth bosco local kid i don't think he wanted to leave usc and as far as to a cv if you're going to play with a bone sticking out of your finger (laughs) you qualify as a trojan in my book here's the thing usc needs playmakers so that's why they went out and hit the transfer portal as hard as they did whether or not these guys wanted to stick around not for me to say and look let me ask you this question did anyone feel this way about usc's offense back in 2004 2005 because those USC teams with Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lando White, I mean, they were scoring in bunches. Of course, no one wanted to make any adjustments back then either. And today, the game leans more offense now more than ever compared to what, 15, 18 years ago. What stopped USC wasn't USC's offense scoring too fast it was injuries to the defense, and that affected its depth. This isn't gonna come out the way I want it to, so I know it's gonna sound kind of crappy, but let's be honest. If the Ting twins, Brandon and Ryan Ting, are playing significant minutes in your defense, you've got depth issues. That's where I'm going with this. If Ryan Cushing is playing with one arm because the other one is kind of dangling, and unusable then you're playing a backup who isn't Brian Cushing against Vince Young. Look, last year USC had depth challenges on their defense. This year they don't. But at the very least they have much better depth than last season. And if the ta- and if the tackling improves to just respectable levels then let's just get out of everybody's way because the trojan train they're making the playoffs period so again i don't think usc needs to do anything different with their offense they don't need to slow it down the defense just needs to stay healthy and if you do have an injury and you're going to have an injury it's football it's a violent sport you have better depth now because usc brought in more players so again Going back to the, you know, that 2005 game, you know, everyone knows what I'm talking about, where they lost the, the opportunity to, to 3 That defense was decimated by injuries. And eventually, even as well as Pete Carroll recruited, your depth cannot keep up. When you get down to second and third string, there's a reason there's second and third string. All right. Before we get out of here, let's, you know, let's get into the third segment of the show. Summer workouts, football. Hey, they're up and at them. They started. And you know what that means? Before you know it, Pac-12 Media Day is going to be upon us. If you're watching this episode of Locked on USC, it's May 31st. That means June 1st is tomorrow. And the Pac-12 Media Day is scheduled for... July 21st. The month of June is going to blow by really quickly. I'm going to help you through that because Locked on USC is going to be with you throughout the month of June. So again, we are a day away from the month of June. Players are starting to arrive. They're enrolling in summer classes, taking part in voluntary workouts. And then again, before you know it, the end of July is here and fall camp starts. I said voluntary. Sort of. You're encouraged to be there. In fact, uh, I go back to the days when Bernard Riley, I think this was back in 2001, when he said, um, if you don't volunteer, I'll kick your ass. That's how important it is. This is when the players get better. This is when they kind of galvanize, form that cohesion. So when fall camp arrives, everyone knows what to anticipate. The media isn't allowed to be out there for these workouts. So I'm not going to be able to give you any hands-on, any bird's-eye type of stuff that I see. Although I do have my sources. And I'll bring you updates as deemed worthy. So again, stay tuned. Let's move on from uh, football workouts. Did you know that Andy Enfield and the basketball team, they might have found their power forward needs? Brandon Gardner, he took an official visit to USC uh, over these past couple days. Brandon Gardner, remember the name, he's out of Christ the King High School, which is in New York City. Oh, by the way, he was the recipient of the 2023 Mr. New York Basketball. That's an award by the Basketball Coaches Association of New York, and he was selected by a committee from high school coaches, members of the media, and a number of reputable recruiting service experts. Um, I'm not a recruiting service expert. However, I have seen this young man's highlight tape. USC typically doesn't get these types of bodies If you're if you're old enough to remember the old Big East, I mean, this is a this is your old school Big East type of body that Georgetown and Syracuse and St. John's and Villanova and Yukon that they used to typically pull. Right now, senior in high school, six foot seven, 210 pounds. He's originally from South Carolina. He moved to New York City and became Mr. Basketball. This is what you need to know about New York City and basketball. They are huge. It is the most popular sport. And it's popular because during the winter months, you like to stay indoors. There's not a lot of places to play football in and around New York. Uh, That's why uh, basketball and hockey and baseball are there. They love football professionally. They love baseball professionally, but When it comes to college sports, yeah, they circle the wagons around basketball. Anyways, um, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC, I'll have some football recruiting notes and updates for you. I think I got some stuff coming up. And I might even have a guest speaking date to announce. I'll keep you updated. I was invited. I just need to make sure my schedule is going to be open and accommodating. It'll either be in June or July. I will be guest speaking for a Trojan club. I will keep you guys updated. So that's it for this episode of Locked on USC. I'll be back again tomorrow. Again, five times a week. So until then, everyone, you kind of know what to do, right?